There's the one who, who doesn't know anything. And then there's one who doesn't know anything, but pretends like he does. Hey, everybody. It's your host, Hampton Dorch. I wanted to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by O'Henry's Coffee. I go there all the time here in Birmingham. If you're here, check them out. If you're not, check them out online. They have some awesome coffee, and it's just a great environment to go and have conversations like this. Let's hop in. So I'm sitting here with two guys right now recording this who I just found out we all grew up in the same city, Birmingham, but none of us really crossed paths. I mean, I I went to Vestavia, Walker goes to Briarwood, Davis goes to Oak Mountain. For those of you that are in Birmingham, you don't care, but um, we, we're now all reuniting here um, as, as, as fellow Birminghamians, even though neither of them are even here, but we are here to to talk about some really good stuff today. I came across these guys. They have a podcast. They've been doing it longer than me. And so I'm probably going to learn a couple of things from them today. But Walker and Davis, welcome to the show. Man, appreciate it. Paint me Birmingham, right? <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. So I'll let Walker start by telling this. Y'all didn't really know each other growing up, but you became friends in college. Is that right? We did. Yeah. So we, Davis and I, same same thing here. We never crossed paths. Uh, we both went to Auburn ended up there through different major changes and everything both ended up in building science and then uh both ended up on a competition team which for those in building science we kind of know what that is but basically we had a, a project that we had to estimate and try to win it uh, against a couple other schools and i was an alternate davis was actually on the team um and so we ended up becoming buddies through that one day had dinner and davis said hey you want to start a podcast right and i said yeah that'd be awesome and Really, the the reason for it right, is because we discovered that we were missing some things in our life that we wish we had or some knowledge regarding the construction industry, regarding leadership within the industry that we wish someone taught us. So we said, why not be the people that try to get that knowledge out there and teach other people? Right. So we started bringing on other guys because obviously we were brand spanking new and we did that. We're still new. We were super green at that point and knew nothing about leadership, nothing about construction. So we would bring on other people and say, hey, you know, what's your experience? Teach us a little bit. Tell us about how you got into construction. Why do you love it so much? What are you doing now? Give us some lessons, lessons learned, things that you wish you knew. And it evolved over time, and we've gotten to do a lot of cool things since then and speak at colleges and have different events and uh, start doing some nonprofit work. So it, it's been amazing and an awesome journey, about three years in now um but mr hambrick what else you you got to add to that um nothing much a little known fact walker was actually my speech prep coach um he taught me how to get out of my shell he doesn't want to talk <laughs> about that but his humility um is one of the the best traits about walker lot love the man he's a great guy great leader and just cares about people more than more than other men that i've met but um Appreciate i that. think you did a great job walker so let, let's rewind. Davis was a, a part of this project and, and Walker, you were just, you were just an alternate. I don't, I don't know why they had you on the bench. Um, I was just hanging out, man. You, was you were just hanging pre, out. I was still pre-building science. I wasn't even in the program yet. Um, but Davis was in it, knew what he was doing, was good at it too. And he did the superintendent role of the project, quote unquote, and that's what he's doing now. So it's perfect. Well, Davis, did you... I mean, what was it about Walker? Why'd you ask him to, to do a podcast? Was it because you knew he'd be more comfortable speaking than you and he'd pull you out of your shell or something? <laughs> Look, I've always 
been the person that if you're the smartest one in the room, you're doing it wrong. Right. So Walker is my better half um, at Lane <laughs> Foundation. So I mean. always go for the smarter guy. That's for sure. Um, no, but um, just quick side note, because people are going to think this is weird, but uh, my wife um, at one point, Walker and I were working out of town in Fort Mill, South Carolina and Walker and I, my wife would get jealous because she thought I was dating Walker with how much she was coming over and we were hanging out. Right. Like this is the first time we've been in town together for a while um, since college and Walker would be bringing me dinner every night. And it was great. You know, it's like I was being dated or courted again, but um, I think that I think we need some more, a little bit expound on that a little bit. Right. So Davis and I were working for two separate jobs, but this is right. more of a uh, two separate companies. Yeah. This is more of a God thing. We just so happened to end hmm. up, in the exact same, relatively the exact same city, 10 minutes from wow. each other, yeah. two different companies, two different jobs. And we both were in the exact same spot. So that allowed us to work one. It allowed us to go on a lot of great dates. Like Davis just mentioned a lot of good dinner dates. Uh, but two, we got to work on laying foundations a lot and yeah. we got to grow it a lot. Then we got to grow in our relationship with each other. Cause before yeah. that we were you know, long distance. Yeah, right. Uh, he was in Louisiana. I was in Atlanta. Uh, and then the Lord just kind of orchestrated it. Perfect timing. We were both alone, which was never fun. Uh, and so we got to have a, a friendship and see each other almost every day. Yeah, and then we also got to grow the thing that we have been working on so hard the year before. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that definitely is a God thing. I love that. So what's interesting is before I even ask you what your podcast is about and what you've learned, through uh, doing the Laying Foundations podcast, I've already learned two things from you that I feel like I've talked a lot about on here. Because I'd say most people listening are are, are probably somewhat in the young professionals, right. young professional stage. And one of the things that I've learned, and I'm trying to um, implement myself as well as teach to others, is one always having like a learning mentality, and then two, being consistently good over occasionally great. And so for y'all, I'll I'll, I'll Ask question one to Davis and question two to Walker. So the the question for you, Davis, is how before even graduating college, did you have the idea to just say, hey, we don't know anything about anything. So not only do we want to learn, but we want to do it in a podcast format. And then when you're done with that, Walker, you follow up with how have you not quit? Like you you stay <laughs> consistent with it. So let, let's hear it. Um. I'm not like most people. I think Walker will tell you if there's a path that is already made, I want to figure out the way to not do that. Um, so I like naturally want to go against the grain. I also wanted to figure out a way because like Walker talked about Walker's the salesman. So he knows how to talk about it. I just, I, I kind of think about things and tell him all the information and he sells it. But um, to me, you know, there was this big gap in my life of, these are the things I had to figure out in college that I was going through the building science program specific to Auburn. But then you get out into the real world and I just knew, man, there's going to be opportunities as a young person to lead up and nobody's doing it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about being vulnerable. Nobody wants to talk about their failures. And so, I mean, I just wanted to put it out there, right? I wanted other young people to look at Walker a lot and Davis Hambrick and go, hey, these guys are doing it. Maybe not from the podcast standpoint, but these are the things they're learning. Um, they're willing to go listen, learn, and lead with questions, right? They're willing to go show up and earn the right um, to every person that's older than them on the job site, right? I think there's, again, so much within our industry that 
college students think they, whenever they graduate day one, they know everything and that they're going to be able to boss everyone around and everybody needs a little bit of humble pie. And so if I can talk about the things that I've gone through, help someone that man doesn't even have to be going through the building science program or in college, but know that approach it the right way, be humble because the construction industry as Walker and I both know will humble you very quickly. So will life in general. But if you do it the right way, if you, this kind of method that I, I say, listen, learn, leave the questions. I can't claim it because my aunt taught me that. But man, if you're really trying to approach it from a coaching mentality and you're trying to learn everything that you can, that anybody can teach you because everybody's got something to learn or, or everyone's got something to teach um, and you just show up every day and give it your best, like that method or that framework is going to get you 99% farther than any other person in the industry because people don't have the humility to go ask questions and be mm -hmm. quote unquote, the dumb person. It's not even I'm the dumb person. It's I want to be able to help that other person problem solve, brainstorm, figure out what that is for them and then let them go lead. Right. Everybody wants it to be about Davis Hambrick. And so I have to go, you know, Luke nine twenty three um, says that, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow me. I got to deny myself every day because if not, I'm going to be this egotistical person. That's all about myself and the construction industry. I'm just, it is what it is. You know, it's filled of, of men and women of that. And so how can I show up every day, serving other people, listening, actually caring and being willing to point and go, you know, this is how I failed and I want to help you and let's do this together. So fired up man let's go who said you couldn't speak you've learned how to do it all right, right. walker let's That's hear right. from you <laughs> well said no first of all i gotta give praises to both of y'all you know part of the reason why uh we've been able to do this we have over 150 episodes now actually i think 150 just came out right davis or maybe 151 somewhere around there is we have each other and that's one so the first phrase goes to you hampton because you're doing this alone and it's incredibly hard right to do a podcast and to it do is. it consistently and so the fact that you're able to do it just by yourself is freaking awesome so keep mm -hmm. it up mm -hmm. uh Thanks, the second man. thing is you know all the praises go to davis on this one this man uh is just a workhorse i mean he edits the podcast. He makes sure they get out on time. Um, you know, a lot of uh, both of us will switch out getting the guests and such. But I think that it comes down to when I am falling behind and not caring enough of my weight, right? Davis picks up the slack. And sometimes when he's got a lot of stuff going on and, and he's busy, then I'll try to pick up the slack. And through this entire time, we've been able to kind of balance it. And um, Davis has crushed it the entire time. Uh, and I definitely think that there is. As with life, it gets very weary at times and you just have to figure out how to push through it, right? It's not easy to do the same thing uh, week after week or month after month or year after year. And so for us, podcast wise, um, you know, we just set out to we're going to figure it out as we go and we're going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, but our goal is to learn from those mistakes. And so Every time we do something and it didn't work out, we tried a different way. Or we would ask our podcast guests who have done more podcasts than we did, hey, what did you do, right? What it makes it easier for you? Or what do you wish you did when you started your podcast? And you know, funny enough, you know, I guess this is where sometimes naivety comes in handy and also is, uh, hurts you sometimes as well. But a lot of the people we talked to are like, yeah, I just started doing one podcast a month 
And then I picked it up from there. And Davis and I just jumped right in. We're like, we're going to do it every week. And then we've been doing it every every week ever since. And so, you know, we tried to get a couple podcasts in the future and have a uh, a big queue of them, essentially. And now we're running low again, so we're going to have to make a big push to do more podcasts and have a queue. Uh, we learned that a lot of our listeners did not like an hour-long episode. They liked 30 minutes or less. And so we would record for an hour, and we split that up into two episodes. So we did a lot of part one and part two. Um, we learn uh, different topics that people like a little bit more than other topics. Uh, we learn how to manage guests or how to lead guests and um, sometimes cut them off if we have to, right? If I'm talking too long, <laughs> you might have to jump in a little bit. And so I think that really, as with life, you just got to have a learner's mentality and a growth mindset. It, you're going to figure it out and you can't, the finish line is never where you want to be, right? It is the entire journey that is the part that most people overlook. They don't want to do the journey. They don't want to. They want to see at the very end of it. But at the point, it's the very end. That's that's the point of it. It's the end. It stops there, right? And so we just try to enjoy it every time. And um, I think there is definitely seasons of life, as in actual life, where you enjoy it a little bit more than others. Hmm. Uh, but that's where you just got to keep on pushing through. And that's when you have a brother alongside of you to pick you up, right? Iron shop sharpens iron uh, and in this case that is very true and that is part of the reason as to how we have been able to do so many episodes so far hmm. i love it um i saw this meme recently that said um it, it was like when people get on podcast and talk about making podcast and <laughs> it was like making fun of podcasters and so if you're listening right now I really hope that one, it was, it was my fault. Cause I asked him about it because I'm genuinely curious, but there's so much more to learn other than just like how and why and how to continue doing a, a podcast, like whatever it is in life. I mean, you find a partner like y'all have done, hold each other accountable, pick up the slack for each other. And if you don't quit, you can't fail. And you learn along the way and it gets weary, but it gets hard, but nothing you know, worth having comes on the back end of easy. So right. I want to know if you started this a couple of years ago, the Lang Foundations podcast, um, what, or one of the things I talk about here a lot that, that mentors have told to me is, especially early on in your career, in your 20s, when you're a young professional, just focus on like the direction that you're going with your life. Like you may not have to know exactly what it, what it is that you want to do or when you embark on a journey or when you start a podcast, you may not know exactly like what it leads to, but mm. if you have a good idea of a, of the direction it's taking you, um, that's good enough for me. And that that's a lot of different things in my life. That's what this podcast is for me. And it's, it's morphed. I feel like every 50 episodes, I'm like, Ooh, I need my, my target audience is different. Or it's really just because I'm having different guests and learning different things. So I want to know from y'all when you started a couple of years ago, what would you say the original intent was? And has that morphed over time? Walker, go for it. <laughs> so re-ask that one more time. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Guys, I'm so talking about podcasts. I'm working on my question asking. Let me see if I can make this a little bit more clear. But I feel like if you look back a couple of years to when y'all started this, I'm wondering what you know. What was the goal? What was the intent? Maybe mm -hmm. it was just you were trying to learn something. And over time, I imagine you have some of the, some of those same goals and some of the same intent and you're trying to learn some of the same things, but like yeah. you're 150 episodes in, I imagine yeah. it's changed a little bit a from what it times. was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely has changed to answer your question there. Right. And, and 
Davis and I have talked about this a lot, and we even said it, it started off very slow, right? And it kind of started to kind of exponential curve, if you call it, and then it levels off and increases. Um, but we really just said we're going to do this because one, uh, networking, like you said, it is a great way to meet people. We've met people from Australia, we met people in California and Canada, and you name it. Some really awesome, incredible people that we have are still friends with today and have had a, a big impact in our lives. And the other joke we would make is even because only though we have two listeners, both of our moms, right? We are still going to yep. record the podcast because it helps us grow. Hmm. It selfishly, it helps us grow in our position and our leadership okay. role because we get to hear all these people who have in higher positions, leadership roles, who have done it for a lot longer than we have. And we get to hear and pick their brain and they share things that they probably wouldn't have shared if we were just doing a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's hmm. weird when people record podcasts, how much they actually will share or talk about certain things. And you're like, Oh, that's pretty sweet. You know, like hmm. I've never heard, I've talked to you 10 times now. And then I've never heard you say that one story before. Right. And so that's kind of how it started. Um, and definitely the fact that we just want people who are listening to be able to hear all these different great men and women speak and be able to take a little nugget of wisdom in it that might help them in their on the job site or in their daily life or even if you're not in construction or if you're higher up in construction maybe you're hearing from all these guys who are down the totem pole or in a different leadership role or different industry or different type of construction and you get to learn a better way to lead in your own company because we've had a lot of uh ceos or presidents uh on our podcast and we've know that others have listened to different episodes before and gotten you know a couple of different nuggets of wisdom from it and so we hope that we can impart that to the next generation of builders our mission is to equip the next generation of builders so this is one way that we can do it and then through that uh, media we have been able to uh, which is one of the most fun th things that we do we've been able to go to colleges such as texas a&m and clemson and um western carolina and potentially a few more and actually have gotten to speak to classes there and got to bring in industry leaders uh, throughout the country and get to talk to students and they get to ask questions and say, hey, uh, what do you wish you did, right? Or what's some advice that I should take going into the construction industry that maybe, right, not a lot of people do. Uh, and, and so those are really a couple of the reasons as to why we started and what it's evolved to and it's continuously evolving, well, literally, it, you know, it, week after week. I'm sorry. It, it no, changed no, no. right from the beginning, right? It started out really focusing on the craft worker, right? Right. We met yeah. someone really You're quickly right. that it was Jesse Hernandez um, called the Learning and Messed Ups podcast. You guys go check it out. Um, but it went from trades worker to someone out in the field every single day to going, all right, there seems to be a lot of that right now. All right. There's a lot of lean mm -hmm. people out there right now. Okay. So it morphed into finally, we're trying to hit the younger generation, right? Because that's something that Walker and I can speak to. You can say, quote unquote, we're subject matter experts, whatever you want to call us. But it's because we walked through that area, right? We went through school. We went through internships. You know, I did it through labor positions. I know Walker did as well, kind of grew up in construction. So, like, we can speak on what it's like to be a young person in construction, the struggles, the vulnerability, and then go, hey, this is what we've done. 
and go find how this works for you. It doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody, but this is what's worked for us. And we're really going to focus on, hey, this is what the younger generation needs for one, because a lot of our audience is actually presidents and executives and people in the mid-level range that Walker and I found out that are listening and trying to figure out how can I influence this next generation, right? And so we want to go, hey, younger generation, this is what you should be doing. But then also person that's has younger generation people under them, this is how you should approach them, right? Because we're different from the younger, the other generations that come before us. Mm, that's good. I love that you've got both of those listeners. You've got, you know, some older folks listening. They're trying to learn about the young folks like us, but then you also have your peers listening too. Um, I've, I've found that here as well. So um, if, if you are older listening to this, kind of spying on the next generation, it, you're welcome to stay. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. If I say any words, any lingo you don't understand, you can just like DM me or something. But, that's right. Um, we'll take you how so, you can so, get you, right? Direct yeah, exactly. DM me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So I, I'm just going to pretend I know nothing. Uh, the company I work for, WildSpark, we do leadership development, and, and we've worked with a handful of construction companies, and, and I'm, I'm learning a lot about it from there. But from y'all, let's say I go to Auburn, I graduate, I'm 22 years old. I've, I get the job, the, the job that I've worked for forever. Um, where am I going to be blindsided? Like, what, mm. what are you telling these people on this podcast? I'm, mm. I'm sure there's a laundry list, but I want to hear some of them. Mm. Walker, you want to go first? <laughs> or you, buddy, go for it. Well, we talked about it before Hampton, right? So it's going to be, you can just turn off the, the ears here. I spoke about this really before we got on here, but man, it's just humility, right? Um, I guess I talk about it all the time because I need a, I need a piece of humble pie every day. Um, so I think that for the majority of the young people coming out of Auburn, we have the authority because this is what um, our company allows us to do, but we don't have the knowledge, right? And so you have to marry that. If If you have the authority, you have to have the knowledge, right? But I also think there's a way to approach that, right? If you just have the knowledge and no authority, then what are you there? So, um, to me, I always go back to pastor Chris Hodges. He, he spoke on this for a little bit, but he was like, you know, if I only speak truth, I'm just mean. If I only speak, um, what's the other word? If I only speak grace then I'm just meaningless. Right. And so how do we learn in the same way to walk that line between there's sometimes I need to be direct. But there's also sometimes I need to earn the right. So I've been learning cause I'm going through a leadership um, development with my aunt and her company. Um, I mean, in construction, right? It's not a very, it's not a coaching setting, right? You're going to see people all throughout the day, various walks of life, depending on what activity the person may be happy or really pissed off that they have to do the activity that they're doing. And so you need to be looking and priming and understanding the people that you meet with. And you need to see is this person right now giving me a green light to where I'm able to help influence and coach their life? Mm-hmm. It's different for someone from that works in an office or the company's paying for them to go through leadership development because I'm paying for you to teach me how to be a leader. I'm paying for you to coach me. I'm paying for mentorship, whatever that is. But in construction, right, there's a lot of opportunities where this guy's giving you red all day, every single day. And there's going to be an opportunity where you get to actually speak into his life. But to me, earning the right, is what I've learned. Earning the right is imperative and important as anything ever, right? If I just went up to Walker and never met him before and just gave him unsolicited advice, I guarantee you knowing Walker, he's not going to want to spend time with me, right? Same thing for me. If Walker just comes up to me and I never knew him and he just starts bossing me around, I'll be like, who's this jerk? Like, like, what is this guy doing? And so for me, the biggest blind spot 
blind spot for our generation. We're got to be leaders quick. We got to have the humility to do it and we got to approach it the right way because these people that are leaving, Walker and I talk about it all the time, there's going to be a knowledge just gap that, that leaves construction and we have to learn to pick up that slack. And so right now you need to be listening, you need to learn, you need to lead with questions. That's just my motto. That's what my aunt taught me. Got to show up every day. Got to be humble enough to listen. Got to be humble enough to learn. You got to be humble enough to lead with questions. And this is the last thing I'm going to say, then Walker, I'll let you go. I remember Nick Chaplow teaching us on podcast number two. Nick Chaplow taught us. Mm -hmm. He had a superintendent that was one of the best examples for him because every single day that that group would have a three o'clock meeting and he'd bring all the trades in, all the people uh, of the heads of the trade partners, right? And he would ask them, um, or he wouldn't even say anything. He would let them go around the entire table and he would just have a list of things that he wanted to talk about. He had a list of things that he wanted to mention. And as people went around the room, he just checked stuff off, right? He allows the other people in that room a voice and opinion, right? So how can we replicate that in different walks of life of, I'm going to give people the time of day. I'm going to listen. I'm going to let them lead and I'm going to learn from them. And then by the time we get down to the end of the list, I'm only going to have three things instead of 20 things, right? Where I'm just going to start directing. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. So I'll be quiet now. No, it's huge. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, man. That, that, that's super good right there. I love the listen, learn, and then lead with questions. And then also having the humility to say, even if you have 20 different things that you want to say, if it gets mentioned by somebody else, then just check it off the list. Like it doesn't have to be your idea. It doesn't have to be you that, that mm -hmm. says it, you know, the, a man can accomplish, uh, there's this quote, or there's this like plaque I have on my desk. It's like, there's no limit to what a man can do or where it can go. If he doesn't mind who gets the credit. That's right. Um, That's right. So like, Good. just if somebody says it, just check it off the list. And Super. then also you made me think about um, like relational deposits when you're talking about the red lights. That's right. It's if you think of relationships and people you work with, like a bank, you're, you're constantly depositing and depending on construction environments, I know some of the people you work with, you know, it, it may not be like a fluffy compliment all the time, but just understanding the way that they mm -hmm. um, want to interact. Maybe it's talking about sports. Maybe it's, it's whatever building that relationship relational deposit eventually you'll you might you may have the chance to to make a withdrawal when it comes to like giving feedback right. or some sort of coaching opportunity when you give you that green light That's and i think the chris hodges thing is um i've heard it similar it would be uh let's see truth without grace destroys that's right grace without truth deceives that's right grace and truth develop you gotta Thank have you. both you know right. and it's just it's like jesus was the only person with a perfect combination of that so we're just trying to be like that <laughs> that's right every day yeah what about you walker yeah there's there's two types of guys who are construction newbies right on the job site there's the one who who doesn't know anything and then there's one who doesn't know anything but pretends like he does and you're in either category right and so as a new person on the construction site everyone around you knows that you don't know what you're talking about like you don't it's, no matter what your background is no matter if your daddy was the you know the boss of his company and you were, rode with him in the truck yeah you might know a little bit more than the average joe but you still don't know squat hmm. and so all the trades guys out there who are the ones who actually build the project and i'm speaking from a general contractor management role specifically in the office project management type right because that's what i am the best thing that you can do is recognize that you don't know 
and just go out there like they've said just ask questions ask mm -hmm. as many as you can and you should want to learn something new every day and the best people to learn something new for are going to be all of the foremen it's going to be all the superintendents out there on the job site and become friends with them i like to talk to them after our morning huddle and just how's your weekend right what you do get to know them a little bit become friends and then talk about the job what do you need today what can i help you with you know what's your roadblock sort of thing and then you just start to learn go out there walk in the field get to know all the workers ask them why are they doing something because as a guy in the field the best thing you can hear from someone is when they ask you what they're what they're doing and to explain it to them because if you if you're good at your job you're going to want to talk about it and most people love to teach it right when we have interns come in I love it when they ask me questions. Hey, how do you do this? What is that? Walk around the job site with me and, and you know, show me how the construction site works. I love that. I want to teach, right? So most people in the field are going to want the same thing. And so as a new guy coming on the job site, recognize this because for the next five or so years, you have a get out of jail free card. You have the newbie card. You can ask stupid questions and people aren't going to look at you like you're an idiot most of the time, right? They're going to answer your question. And they're going to explain it to you. And now you can put that in your memory bank and you can bring it to the next project or you can remember it for the next time and, and try not to make the same mistakes. And over time, you just start developing so much faster than the guy who comes onto the job site and doesn't know anything but pretends that he does. Uh, because like Davis mentioned, if you're a 60-year-old foreman and you have this 22-year-old guy come on the job site... And the 22-year-old looks at the six-year-old and tells him to do something that makes absolutely no sense. He's just going to get ignored. And the guy's going to do it the way that he wants to. And then the project is either going to go smooth or it's going to go off the rails because there's no leadership. And people don't really trust the management anymore because they know that they're going to tell them what to do something, but it's not the right thing. And so by getting the trade's opinion or getting whoever's opinion who actually knows how to do it, that's how you build a job, right? That's right? If I'm trying to make a decision, I go to my plumber first and say, hey, how would you do this? Or, that's right. What is the right way to do this? Mm -hmm. And then I go to my architect and say, that's this what is what we recommend. You know, that's the easiest way to do it. And then that's also what gives you the most respect and builds the most relationships on any job site. That's right. You uh, brought up something that I think transcends outside of construction. I the fastest way to build a relationship and make a connection with a wildly socially awkward person is just to find out what their hobby is and ask them about it. And yeah. I feel like on a, I mean, if you find a, a foreman that's been doing the thing for 30, 40 years, mm. they're going to take pride in what they've done. Like whether oh, they yeah. act like it or not, you know, oh, if you, yeah. I've never been on a job site in my life, but I just know when you find someone that kind of has their thing, if you just ask them about it, they're going to want to talk about it. And so, yeah. Yep. Man, I, I just, I think the humility to, to say, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. And I know that you don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to show up and ask questions. That's right. Probably is going to take you a lot further. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, uh, just really quickly, the thing that, so think about that foreman, right. That's in his sixties, you know, it doesn't have to be 60. That's just what we're talking about today. But think about that foreman. He's gotten to a certain point. And he's kind of stayed there, right? So you need to learn the knowledge that he has, but you also need to learn how to help him in areas that he may not be good at, right? So I give an example. My first job, we have a guy, his assistant superintendent, he's in his 60s, but dude knows everything about how to build. Not the best at managing at all things, 
I don't want to, I don't want to plateau out of assistant superintendent, but there are things that he can teach me construction knowledge, 100%. So what he would do was teach me everything about doors. I know a lot about doors because of this gentleman, but one of the things he didn't know how to do is operate an iPad. By the end of the job, he was doing punch lists and I was hanging doors, right? We just swapped. And so find that common ground, right? Know that that foreman, he might be abrasive. He might be, um, I don't know. He may just be mean at some point, standoffish, but he's been burned by so many people and young guys before that he may not want to trust you. So again, go look for the way to earn the right. Go what Walker said. How do you, or how would you want to do this? This is how I would do it, but tell me how you would want to do it because you probably know how to do it, right? He's going to just light up and just go show you every way to do it, the best way, the alternative way. If this doesn't work, do this, that, and he'll just start rattling things off because like Walker's taught me, Hampton, People want to know, want to talk about what they know, right? They're willing to share. And to me, I don't think there's ever a stupid question because the more you ask, the more you're going to learn. Yeah, man, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, this is good. I, I am grateful for the people that are, are listening to y'all and, and learning from you. And, and Davis, you actually mentioned something earlier about some of the fears, the dangers of the industry. You have a lot of people probably one foot in one foot out They're They're about to be retiring soon. Do y'all know? I mean, I've heard that there's not as many people coming in as there are people going out, but is there, do y'all have some sort of like data or numbers to, to speak to that? Like is, should we be genuinely concerned about people going into the industry right now? Oh yeah. Um, I think that the best companies are going to succeed, right? That's just going to be the proven track record, but I think the companies that are going to suffer are the people that um, don't transition with the times in this aspect of this younger generation. Yes, they want to get paid well, but they, beyond a shadow of a doubt, want to know that they contribute and that they they matter. For me, I, I love that I get paid well, right? Thank you, Lord, that I get to provide for my family and my wife. Right? I'm thankful, but I want to know every single day when I show up to that job site that Davis Hambrick's opinion matters and that I have responsibility every day, right? And it's not just I'm going and, you know, having a shovel and I'm digging a ditch, right? Like what is the higher calling or purpose that we're talking about? Or what are we trying to do through the, through the life cycle of this job? Um, just data. When Walker and I started the podcast, it was in 10 years, we're going to lose I don't think, I think 30 or 40%, I think it was 40%. I think it was higher. Yeah. Of, of the tradesmen that are working, people that are doing the work, right? So now it's eight years and I don't know if that percentage has gotten any less. I would imagine no, but people have to learn that if you're coming into this industry, there's a great opportunity, right? People want to talk about the negative side, but think about this 40% of the gener of, of that, uh, generation is going to leave and so there's going to be a massive void and so for the young people now that are hungry that are willing to come in and do the work and just get after it you're going to have such a tremendous opportunity to make an impact it's unbelievable so i don't know the exact you know for every one person that leaves this person's coming in but i do know i think it's 2030 right 40 percent from the latest poll says that 40 percent of our industry is gone and it's that older generation so mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um that's pretty scary to think about, but I like the way that you think about it how you do have a 
you will have a huge opportunity to have an impact as a lot more of them are are heading out. And I do think it's it's the best companies, the ones that invest in people yep. are are going to win. Do y'all um and this may be jumping outside of construction, but I've I've been very interested in the different generations and depending on what study you look at, some say that the three of us would be millennials, some say Gen Z. I like to say we're kind of on that like zillennial side. I'd say <laughs> maybe right there in the middle, but like do do y'all have any idea why our generation wants to know that we're having an impact? Because I mean, I feel the same, Davis. Okay. I want to know that I matter, and not and not in an upward basketball, give me my trophy way. But I just, I don't know. I want to show up to work and know that it means something. Maybe it, it's a testament to the world that I've grown up in. There hasn't been like a whole, just a ton of crisis or something like that. I don't. I'm not, I don't have this like scarcity mentality of just trying to like make a dollar to provide for my family. I, right. I, I don't really know why it is that our generation wants to like matter so much. I, I think there's two things. Um, one, if you think about it for most of our generation, right? The hardest thing we've gone through is nine 11. Right. And that was hard for many people. Right. But I wasn't at 12 years old in the great depression, learning how to go, find a job for my family. I also wasn't pulled out at 18 to go fight in World War II, right? The greatest men, the greatest generation, right? That's what our country calls them. I have no clue. I don't understand how the men, man, they were just men back then. I just, I don't understand how they got through it. But I also think too, which this is something our parents taught us, was that we can do anything in life, right? I don't know if that's true, right? I can't do anything <laughs> in life, right? And being taught that, is showing, well, when I don't get it, there's going to be a darkness or a void or something that challenges me. That's just, I, I thought I could do anything, right? I can do anything and put my mind to it. And again, there's the American dream. I want to make sure everybody knows you can do a, a tremendous amount, probably the most in our country than any other. But, you know, being told those that thing and then also not having to go through like something actually traumatic. I'm not saying people don't go through traumatic things within the country, but you know, when you really think about it, we've had a lot. We're extremely blessed. And um, man, there's just, there's such an opportunity, again, to matter and to mean because of how we grew up and what we've gone through. So we've always been important in the roles that we've grown up to. So now we get out into the real world and now we have to go, how do I mean? How do I matter? What, how do I fit into this role that I'm trying to pursue? Right. And there's a lot of, getting hit in the face and getting knocked down and figuring out, man, am I fitting in this construction industry? Is this for me? Right. I've had many times talking to Walker, just being in, in isolation, like for Walker and I to get in the same town in Fort Mill, mm -hmm. South Carolina. I know we were joking about it earlier, but man, that was just a godsend. God allowed that to happen. I think it was just ordained by him because I was just coming off a nasty job um, just by myself in New Orleans was work like, but seriously, I lived in a place that, um, I would not be proud to show anybody. Right. Because I, w I had a goal. I wanted to get out of student loan debt. Like I was just doing whatever I could to get by. And, um, just, I could just feel like this darkness lift that when I moved to Fort Mill, South Carolina and got to spend time with Walker and just getting plugged back into the word, right. Like things just started to change. And so I think for our generation, right. Don't put your identity in work, if that makes sense, right? Be willing to go. There's something more to me than just work. To, to us three, we know um, our identity is in Christ. But for people that don't know that, um, 
I would really challenge yourself because it's a dangerous spot to be in, right? We want to matter. And if you don't find that right off the bat, um, it could, it could lead to, I think isolation. So, man, that's a really great answer. Totally, totally agree with you right there. Um, maybe to round us out, I'd love to hear from, from one of you, both of you, whoever, whoever wants to take it, um, laying foundations. I know y'all obviously have a podcast, but y'all are, y'all are doing some other work and I believe has, have some, some aspirations, uh, outside of just like a podcast. So can y'all tell me about what some of the things going on now and maybe some goals you have for the future? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how much to share. I, I think we've, we've done a lot with it. It's definitely evolved over the years. Right. Uh, one really awesome thing that we're doing recently is, uh, we have a really great partner, really great, um, group of people at third lens ministries. If anyone's ever heard of them, uh, it is essentially a nonprofit construction company who partners with churches and they go out into the world to third world countries, even here in the United States. Um, and they learn that churches are really great at reaching people. They're not great at building buildings. And so Third Lens partners with them. They go out and they build the building and they make sure it's built right and they hire local labor to do that. Uh, so through their support, um, we are hopefully uh, going to do some things with Lang Foundations and Third Lens and kind of do a, a combination thing. Uh, really, a lot of what y'all do, leadership related, right? We want to reach people on the job sites and we want to continue what we've done at Lang Foundations uh, and do it on a larger scale and also do it to where it will make an eternal impact, where we can talk to tradespeople, where we can talk to um, people in the job site. And one, talk to them about leadership. Uh, but to talk to him about Jesus and because um, he was the ultimate leader, right? The best leader there ever was. So how can we how can we learn from him and, and how can we spread that message? Uh, and two, how can we connect it even younger starting in colleges? Um, how can we set people up for success to your first day on the job site? You already know what it's like to be a leader or what it means to be a leader. Uh, and so now let's take that knowledge. Let's take that practice that you had in college and let's let's use it on the job site. Let's be a leader of men. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing. It, it's uh don't know exactly what it looks like. Uh, Davis, you know, might share a little bit more about it, but we are working through it. Um, and then obviously we have next gen um, leadership, which is a, a group of um, basically not a book club, but we typically will go through a book uh, leadership related meet every other week. A uh, group of guys typically around five to 15, five to 10, and it's really just a, hey, man, you know, what's been your experience? Uh, what have you seen in your life on the job side and your work? Uh, what do you wish it was like? What would you change? What great examples have you been able to follow? That's another thing that we do. We're going to start that back up probably January, February timeline. Um, and they also do the uh, next gen events uh, at colleges. And we hope to continue doing that. Throughout the years, we really enjoy doing that. It's something that we get to go into school and we get to do exactly what we just talked about. We get to talk to these students who maybe their only time they've gotten to talk to industry has been through a career fair or very briefly in passing, right? Or even an internship where that all has something on the line. If you're at a job, if you're at a job fair and you're interviewing, you're trying to look the best that you can. You're not going to ask the hard questions. If you're an intern, same way, right? If you're in passing, you can't have this conversation. So how can we bring in people who have no bias, who are just there to talk to you? They're not trying to sell you on their company. They're not trying to give you a job. 
they just want to share their experience and you can ask any question you want. Uh, and so those three things are the main things that we do. Uh, Mr. Hambrick, what would you, what would you like to add? Yeah, I think, um, the, the, the partnership with third lens, if, if it works out, it's called hard hat leadership. Um, it really is just gospel centered. How do we equip the, the younger generation, but do it in a way that aligns with our faith? Um, again, this is Walker and I, what we struggled with, right? What we've gone through, how do we live that out on the job side and, um, how can we help tradesmen and, and grow that into this person that is already out on the job site that may not be going through an Auburn University building science program, but how can we give someone some, some counseling and coaching services to where they receive the help that they need, right? And so um, we can go a lot more in, in depth, but Walker hit all the other stuff. I think the thing that makes me most passionate every day is how can I spread the gospel to people that don't know him, right? Um, even people that say they claim to know him, right? How can I help that person? Am I looking for that green light, red light? Am I looking for being able to have that deposit? So um, I'll zoom out really quickly. My my uncle, he told me this story um, and he talked about how I used to struggle, right? If I wasn't sharing or having someone come to know Jesus every day, I was just beating myself up. And my uncle just kind of laughed and was like, you know, I appreciate your passion, appreciate your your willingness. Don't ever lose that. But he's like, you know, that's never going to happen, right? So what you need to do is go find that deposit. But he talked about using a tin can, right? Each day you make a deposit. Think about putting a nickel in a tin can, right? You shake that tin can and that one nickel, it makes some noise, right? But over time, you keep looking for those opportunities. And maybe you're not the one that ends up um, getting to reap that. But man, you're going to shake that tin can and one day it's just going to overflow and that person's going to come to man, all these deposits you've put in or Walker's put in or Hampton's put into this person is going to come back. And so you just have to look at it from that standpoint, right? Um, I'm going to earn the right. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to listen. I'm going to learn. I'm going to leave the questions. And I'm really going to try my best to live that example out every day because they're watching. Like Walker says, someone's always watching you. So be willing to live that life that is a leader, the call to that, the hardship of that, and not always being popular, right? How do I stand for Jesus, but also how do I make take the next step in doing the next right thing? It's mm, awesome. I love the uh, the tin can analogy right there. That's that's super encouraging. And uh, I'm I'm sure y'all know this, but this podcast is called Wake Up and Lead. And it was kind of one of those things when I started it. It was I, I had this idea in my mind, and it's kind of morphed over time. But I feel like there's maybe a, a moment or a story in every podcast where I'm like, oh, that's that's the that's the wake up and lead moment, if you will. And a lot of times when I say wake up and lead, it's it's lead yourself. Like, you know, the the order of operations. Um, if you go back to Ellis elementary school math, I think it's please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Well, mm -hmm. we talk a lot about how like with leadership, it's um lead me first, mm -hmm. develop my team, deliver business results. And I think a lot of times people miss the lead me first. And that's so right. that's a lot of what my goal is here. And so I think to the listener, you may not be in construction, but you may you may have stepped into a new job and you're trying to act like you you know what you're doing. Mm. And I would say the mm. most important character trait of leadership is humility and humble people ask questions. So right. um, right. I, I want our people to wake up and lead and start by asking questions. Listen, learn and lead with questions. Right, Davis? Uh, That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you said it. So. Um, I like to, I like my guests to tell people to wake up and lead to end. So we'll see if we can do this on three. So I'm going to say it's time for you and me, and then you both say to wake up and lead. Sound good? Okay, let's do it. All right, it's time for you and me. 
Wake up and lead. Oh, oh you missed that. it. <laughs> wait, wait. Right, I'm not editing time. that out. I'm not I'm editing that time. out. This has to be over. All right. It's time again. for you and me. Wake, wake up, up and lead. lead. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs>